Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek right now. Uh, We're so grateful that you took time out to be with us and that you are in fact joining us on this program. We're so grateful. It's Thursday morning and I don't know about you, I'm still freaking out that it's Thursday morning after Labor Day. It's almost as if the year literally flew past. Any, any witnesses out there? The year just flew past. Like, woo, we're sailing right into fall season. Yesterday, I had an event to go to. And frankly, I almost felt like putting on boots. Seriously, people, seriously. I was like, it's fall, so I should be putting on boots. And that's when I said, wait, 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 wait just a minute. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready for the pumpkin spice. I think they went a little bit too early with pumpkin spice latte this year. Could they just wait until after September? You know, like... Usually we start feeling like this, like after the 21st of September, because up until the 21st of September, we're still thinking summary, right? So I want to feel like this after September 21st. Then I am resigned to the fact that it is fall. But not here in Michigan this morning, it was 54 degrees. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, but I'm wearing shorts today. And I don't know about you, but if this is going to be the last day of summer, I'm going to wear shorts. Just like on Monday, Labor Day, I wore shorts because I thought it was the last day of summer. I'm sorry. But today I woke up this morning and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear shorts. And everybody was like, it's 54 degrees. And I'm like, that's exactly why I'm going to wear shorts. I'm driving in a car. It has heat. I'm I'm fine. Because I'm not about to do this thing. (laughs) Right? Right. So today on our show, as promised, We're going to talk about women in prison, and I have as my special guest, activist and advocate, E.B. Jordan. E.B. is going to tell us her story of how she ended up being wrongfully accused, ended up in prison, had to serve two years of her life, robbed her of her education. She was in college at the time. She was about to go to college, and now she can't even get into college because she went in on something that she was accused of drug possession. And I don't know how many of you know that in today's real world, if you're accused of a drug possession, you can't go to college. You can't get FAFSA to pay for you to go to college. So now she's an advocate and educator drawing awareness to how women in prison are treated, what happens in the process. And for those women who are in prison and who perhaps need need advice and how to make it through, and know what Evie is doing to help those who come out of prison. Because so often when they come out of prison, they don't have anywhere to go. Did you all know that? I didn't I didn't realize that. They have nowhere to go. They have no families. And some of these women commit suicide so as not to go. They have nowhere to go. It's, it's such a poignant human cry that when I heard it, I thought I'd share it with my audience. So that's what we're going to do. And then tomorrow on our show, we'll have Felicity, who is going to tell us what it felt like her nephew, who is black, who who is black, died because he was dating a white woman in some remote part of Michigan. And he just showed up dead. He went on a date, turned up dead, and everybody just turned a blind eye like it never happened. This is not 1960s Alabama. This is 21st century Michigan, and this happened we got to talk about stuff like that, right? So I have E.B. Jordan on the line, and I'm about to have her on, and she's going to start telling us a little bit about what it's like. Hey, good morning. How's it going? 
<laughs> right. Have you pulled out your boots and, you know, jackets yet? Looking at them like... Mm. <laughs> oh, that, that's never a good sign when you have to pull the jacket out. You know, that's, that's never a good sign. But, you know, like for me, like I said this morning, I put shorts on because I just simply refuse to accept that it is September. I don't know where did summer go. Like, I want to call summer back. Anybody want to call summer back? <laughs> I'll go away. <laughs> I was looking for someone to feel sorry with me about the loss of summer. And here you go, championing September. All righty then. Since that is how you feel, Evie, I want to welcome you to this episode of Down to Earth. A few months ago, you joined us on our earlier segment earlier in the year and we talked extensively about what it is like for uh for women in prison but so i wanted to uh tell the audience about evie jordan the activist and advocate and i want you to tell us in the few just to give a brief intro just say hey i'm evie i live <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Really? Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. 
So, mm-hmm. so there are two. There are a couple of things that you have brought to light that I, I want to expand on just a little bit. One of which is that Huron Valley is a women's correctional facility. Is it a state facility? That's prison. Prison meaning that's where felonies go to, right? Okay, and Huron Valley is located outside, just to get some perspective, it's located north of Detroit. How far away from Detroit is it? It's in Ypsilanti. I didn't know that. So Ypsilanti, that's west of Detroit. Okay, so Ypsilanti is west of Detroit. Okay, the other thing that you touched on that I found interesting was overcrowding. You mentioned that a little bit. Uh, it, it, up until the time you left in 2011, is it, to, do you think, do you think it was still overcrowded at that point? Wow. So the uh-huh. Right. So tell me again, what are some of the when you talk about overcrowding, it sounds to me like an inordinate amount of women are going into prison. So what are some of the uh accusations or charges that are landing women in prison? The most common one. Drugs, okay. Drugs. Mm -hmm. D domestic abuse. Ah. Uh. Mm -hmm. Check writing. So domestic abuse where they defended themselves to their abuser and ended up taking his life and that's what landed them in jail. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, and those are the common ones. Drug possession. Check and credit card fraud. Uh-huh. But and drugs and possession. The, the other thing that got to me that you spoke about is that there are very few halfway houses 
for women in prison. Is, is that something that is a concern right now? Is that why you formed your organization? No, no, stop right there, because I think a lot of people don't know that. They're so going to prison, I don't know about anywhere else in the country, but here in Michigan, it's not free. So when someone comes out on parole, whenever, the, whenever you go to the parole officer, you are required to pay a fee? A supervision fee. You might as well just not go to jail then, if it's going to cost you a fee. And then when you come out of jail, then you don't have anywhere to live. Because one of the things you mentioned is that uh, families sometimes distance themselves from women prisoners, as opposed to how male prisoners still have an ex-girlfriend or a baby mama they can call on who will put them up for some time, right? And you also mentioned that uh, the, uh, the parole officer does spot checks to see if where you say you are going is actually where you are. So they will call and someone will be friendly. But for women prisoners, that's not the case. So they kill themselves. So you're saying then, in a, so you're appealing emotionally to people that if you have a female relative in jail, do not ignore their calls home because it's a lifeline to them. Am I correct? And why is it a lifeline? Because if they don't have to talk to me, is it hope that they're seeking for? Is their lifeline hope? Thank you for saying that. Just say it. Being in prison is miserable. People out there do not go to jail. Going to jail is not what you see on Netflix. Hmm.
Stop right there. Did you all hear that? It's hard to keep your hygiene up to par. Why is that? Well, how many pets do they give you for a regular cycle? Three rolls for a month? pets do they give you? I just want to know how many pets do they give you? Well, no, 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 no. Here, when you go on the shelf, you can buy a pack of pets that are 24, 36, 48. So how many comes in the prison pack? Mm. Mm. Okay, so that's adequate. And, it, and most people, so they give it to you every month. Well, well, it's not going to be always. It's prison, right? It's not, right. But what I'm saying is, 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 is it's adequate for a regular cycle. So you get it every month is what I'm saying. And you get it every month. That's important because when we talk about hygiene and the treatment of women in prison, we want to make sure that the prison is on record defending itself saying that it does give women access to sanit to mental to, to you know uh, sanitary hygiene in the form of pads for their menstrual periods and that it is adequate so people are not in prison using toilet paper and cloth and all kinds of weird things that i see people talk about on social media well you don't need you don't need it but once a month, so. So what you're saying then is, it probably doesn't sound like it's 30 pads to the pack. It sounds like it's not adequate to cover the needs of, of, of some of the women. So we, we have issues with that, right? We have issues with that. Well, there are issues with that. Right? Well, it's prison. Again, it's regulated. So how often do you shower? It's prison. So it's regulated. Well, they do give you access to showers at least once a day, right? Twice a day, for sure. Okay. Mm. Right. So, so what you don't sugarcoat this because going to prison is not orange is the new black. Okay. And I want. 
it's it's you in your experience it was not orange is the new black but I, I want you to tell us uh you, you in your earlier comments you said that uh, a, a cop uh said that you used the gun and used drugs that landed you in jail and that was not true what was there something that happened was there an investigation that eventually exonerated you Is that right? And why did you plead guilty if it weren't true? Was that a deal they offered you? Why did you plead guilty? And you had no voice. There was nobody around you whom you could complain to to tell them that this harassment was going on. Were these court-appointed lawyers were these court appointed lawyers? Okay. So these were court appointed lawyers whom you were telling that the police officer moved into your apartment building and, and threatened you. Well, here's the thing. You may not be able, here's the thing. You may not be able to bring a case against him, uh, a civil case, but you know what you can do? You have the power of public opinion. And I suggest that you go and do that. You go and bring to the attention of the public that this is an issue that took place. Give them the time and date, give them location. You were sent to jail because of what happened, right? And the police officer intimidated you into accepting a plea deal that you didn't, you shouldn't have done because you weren't guilty and that he moved into your apartment building and threatened you. That's a serious thing. You need to make noise about that. And you cannot be afraid of telling the public what happened because this might not, it, this might be happening to someone else. And in a lot of cases, this happens to people. So you need to go forward and say that. And yes, I have said that. I, I think anytime people are going to be imprisoned unjustly, something has to be done about it because I wouldn't like it to happen to me. Right. And if it were me, I would make a lot of noise about it. And I think you should make some noise about it. If he moved into your apartment building, to threaten and intimidate you into pleading to something you didn't do, that is a serious, egregious action. And you need to take action about it now that you're out. But tell me, where were you when this happened? You told me that you were in college, you were on your way to college?
Right. Wow. So you love, so are you now back in school? Can you now re-enroll in school? Let, let, let me go back to that Habitat for Humanity and up, update my audience a little bit. So two, three years ago in uh, the fall of 2016, I happened to be at a dinner in a banquet in Lansing and a, a representative, hey, a representative from the Michigan Department of Corrections was there. And the man was in the audience who had the same problem that you have. While he was in prison, he worked for Habitat for Humanity at what, 24 cents a day or something like that, right? And he was okay. So we'll talk about that. So hold on. So, dear God, help me. So uh, this man says that while he was in prison, he worked for Habitat for Humanity, and when he got out of jail, Habitat for Humanity said he couldn't work because he had a felon. Now the the person from the Michigan Department of Corrections had listed Habitat for Humanity as one of the organizations where people who have come out of jail can go to get work. So I am going on record to tell you, E.B. Jordan, activist and advocate, go to the Michigan Department of Corrections and tell them that Habitat for Humanity, who is listed as one of their employers for people who have come out of jail, is telling you that they can't hire you because you have a record. I took this man to task in a room filled with 200 people, and he said that uh, Habitat for Humanity should not have done that. So you can use my name. You can go up there and you can talk to them, and you can use my name that they were called out in Lansing at a, at a banquet in November of 2016, in October of 2016, in Lansing, Michigan. I called them out, and they said that that's not true, 